Hey everyone, welcome back to After Session, a podcast dedicated to the discussion of the world's greatest role-playing game. Today, I'm joined by my two previous guests, Nick and Ryan. I've known them both for years, and we've all been playing tabletop RPGs for a while now, have played in several campaigns and one-shots, and have been both players and dungeon masters alike. Nick, Ryan, welcome to the show. Howdy. to be back. Welcome, brothers. Welcome. All right. So I wanted to talk to you guys a bit about fleshing out characters. For a little bit of backstory, me and Ryan and Nick are players in the same party. This game has been postponed in light of a Stars Without Number campaign, but I feel like these characters are some of the most I've been excited for. And also with this in a game that I'm running in college where neither Nick and Ryan are players. One of the members of the group had recently asked me about player characters. He, he said, this is a first time playing and he asked about what he can do to better his character. Cause although he had the idea, right, he's level two, but he wants to be an Eldritch Knight and he thinks he's on the, the right path as far as the trope and the character he wants to play. He's, he was upset that his character was becoming kind of an asshole and that's not what he wanted and that's not what he saw fit. And so uh, I decided to give him a little bit of my own advice of what I would tell pretty much anybody else if they were in the same situation. I told him to interview his character and basically justify your out-of-game choices with in-game decisions and backstory. And that seemed to work pretty well for him. And I was wondering if you guys had any other advice not touched on or would like to elaborate on the tips that I gave to him. I've played my fair share of gruff characters, tough around the edges. I could definitely see, I felt it a few times where you could like be towing the line of, am I a dick? Am I what a, am I being a dick right now by role playing my character? And I think if it's getting to that point, where you're starting to have those thoughts. My personal opinion would be, if you're playing a character like that, I feel you're playing that character from an outsider, like from society or from having many friends. Being with this adventuring party and being with them for so long, you're going to create bonds between the characters and you should see kind of a progression of being more likable or being more agreeable with the party maybe not with npcs you encounter you could still be warming up to like outside of the party interactions but you should you should have a progression with with you guys i played darmamu really kind of angsty grumpy old dwarf wizard but after a few like key role-playing moments with the party he started to open up more and more to you guys for example uh our cleric healed me back from the dead and that was like his big breaking points like all right these guys are all right they're nice i just i i realize i'm being an asshole now and i need to appreciate them so that would be my my suggestion try to look for like a story element or something to like kind of grow your character towards not being a dick to everyone i would pretty much agree with all that i mean in every story there are the dynamic and the static characters I feel like if you're playing a static character, it's boring. You know, you're doing the same thing over and over. And if that's what you want to do, just hang out, 
kill monsters, eat beer and drink pretzels, then yeah, that's all good. And hell, if you do want to have a dynamic character that has that like standoff personality, you can keep that as long as you want as well. But since it is like an interactive game with other people at the table, there's a fine line you can draw in the sand and you just have to make sure not to cross it because then you're interrupting everybody's fun and then your character is not being a dick you're being the dick yeah those are all fair judgments and one of the things that i told him to do is because he was having a little bit of trouble with motivation as well and i told him to interview his character and one of the things that you can ask is like what's important to them is their family important to them why or why not what are their goals what do they believe in do they have a certain worldview do they have a religion that they believe in are they part of a guild are they a part of an or- another organization who do they look up to who do they work for who do they hate who would they do anything for or what are the ideas that they would do anything for and these are pretty good questions to ask at least that i found whenever i was creating my characters for example in the same Uh, campaign that Ryan played Darmamu, I played a Eldritch Knight named Zaymond. And one of the things I asked her, what are important to this character? One of them was his identity, the fact that he was the son of a baron. Although he was pretty out of line, it still held some weight to him. And also he wanted to make his own name for himself because he was out of line fifth in line to the barony so because it was possible for him to become the baron but not likely and if so it would be a very long time he kind of wanted to go out and make his own name as an adventurer and that's the reason why and he saw it in these artifacts and not only did he have a magical in- inclination he was a little bit of a scholar not nearly as much as darmamu but he did have a little bit of arcane know-how and he used that to try to track down these artifacts that were in Nick's world that he built. Another thing is justifying out-of-game choices with in-game decisions and backstory. The thing that I did with my most recent character, Watt, was we started out at level four, or I think, or close to. I can't remember, but I know I had a feat. I was very inhuman, but I had a few levels to play with. And basically, all I knew is that I wanted to justify the reason my character was the way that he was, whether it be build or demeanor or outlook. So when I made my character from the gaming perspective, like I took Magic Initiate and he's a variant human, he wielded a gun, he was a rogue, but I also had to look at it from like, okay, what justifies these? How did my character get from backstory to level like four, whatever adventurer? And now that he's coming into a party, what weight does he hold? What secrets does he hold? And what what experiences does he hold? And how will that shape how I play my character? And it got me to answer questions in-game that were very useful for fleshing out my characters. So those were the strategies that I... Um, I use quite a bit. What do you guys do to flush out your characters and get them from being a piece of paper uh, with some pencil marks and maybe a Hero Forge mini to being a dynamic character in a shared role-playing experience? Start out with the idea 
then you head to the paper, get done your stats and all that stuff. Or, you know, if I have a really good idea that combines ideas in different places. And like, for example, I had this one bar character who was of the race that's like not accepted in the world. And I played that, him being secretive and also very sly and sneaky uh, a lot of like underhanded politics is what the idea i had for this character to be and also the flavoring of him adding that bit of touch to it is uh kind of cool because that's like one part of every character you know to stand out from the rest and then comes the motivation for that character and what drives him like in the campaign Brian was just talking about his character is is a rogue with all these flashy weapons and just looks outlandish for a normal human being and it's that like flavor that I really enjoyed about it I don't know anything about his motivation or backstory and I love the character because flavoring has something to do with inspiring other people as well to like make their character have its niche or something like that like one of the best moments was with my character his name was Gallagher at first I was hiding it I was hiding what he really was I told everybody else oh yeah I'm just playing this really shitty wizard like he's terrible I took the magic initiative feat for this character as well except it was it was like really simple spells this one point where we were surrounding the this goblin camp under like a hill and DM Ryan set up the perfect moment for me to reveal that this character is also a barbarian and as he as he raged this tiny scrawny man muscles begin to grow on him his shirt begins to rip and tear and swinging this huge great sword with one hand at ease the surprises and the flavoring so cool to me and backstory takes a while to get like an idea of what you want to be playing as and a lot of it, from my experience, a lot of that plays out at the table, actually. So I am of the opinion you can go down the that huge list that Brian just was uh, mentioning. And it is helpful if you want to get something quick and have a solidified idea of what you, your player character wants to be. Or, you know, you have what I like to do and what DMs also like is just have a few bullet points and just build from there and work with the DM too, so they can create interesting facets of your backstory implemented in the game. So it makes you feel like you're a part of it. For me, kind of going off of what, what Nick was saying a bit, I've had multiple philosophies, kind of depends on character to character, to be honest. But at the heart of it, I come up with a character concept, something that sounds neat, whether I read some new unearthed arcana i think man that's a neat subclass or that spells cool that sort of thing and i start to form an idea and what i like to do which helps with character motivation and figuring out like where this character will be because i i like to have a dynamic character for example storyboard writers for tv shows or movies whatever it may be they don't write scene by scene they have a plan for like the whole movie or the, the whole character and then they put points in that help it reach that so i kind of when i'm coming up with the character idea i i have like a starting point and i have like progression obviously i don't know what's going to happen in the campaign i don't know how i will react to a random 
left field situation that's thrown at me. But I have like an idea of where I'd like to go, something that the character would like to achieve or where I'd end game like to see this character being. So it kind of helps to have that groundwork just set up just so that it helps you go back. And then at the end of your character creation, when you're ready to play right before your first session, whatever it may be, you can then look at what you want your progression to look like. And you can see what the motivations might be, how they may change, how your character may change. Basically, just the progression that you're looking to have, kind of having it mapped out a little bit, just so you be prepared for what may happen. Yeah, motivation, I think, is key in helping you roleplay your character. That determines what you would do to get hold of what you're trying to accomplish. So talking to a guard, wanting to get into a city, you know, that's easy motivation. And then all you have to decide then is how your character does it. That's how you build what your character would be like in that situation. Characters change and their motivations change. Yeah, that's a really important point, I think, is your character's motivations should change whenever their goals change. So, at, for example, at the beginning of a campaign, a very cliche but pretty honest motivation is money. If your character is down on their luck or their family needs money now, they might be willing to throw themselves into a dungeon just to plunge and hopefully get a few gold pieces. And then not only do they realize like, oh, hey, I need money, but also this thing that I found in the dungeon is also screwing up the farmland that my family tries to live off of. And so now they have even a greater motivation. Let's say they fail to vanquish it and it escapes. Now that they still have the goal of killing or thwarting or banishing whatever creature has been a pain in their ass. But maybe let's say even though they failed at that, they got some money. That goal is satisfied, but their new motivation is to stop this thing from screwing up the rest of its livelihood. This is a a short-term fix, so to speak. Bringing it back to Zayman and Nick's campaign, I did start out along with some of the others as basically a treasure hunter, finding these artifacts that could bring both myself prestige and also power. But we ended up finding them to a certain degree and finding some riches and some success. But at that same time, the North where my character was from fell. It fell into dissonance and civil war. And that became a bigger motivation. It's like, okay, cool. I got like half of an artifact but also my homeland is falling and so is its ruler and all of its laws which my character valued extremely who's a lawful neutral character as far as alignment went so he cared about the laws he cared about the rule of the land he cared that it had a there was a rite of passage in this divine right of rulership of who got to rule and he didn't think it was through Civil War, my army is bigger than yours. It's through tradition and passing it through lines and all this stuff. And that really gave him a kick in the ass to go back to the North and help out his cause. And another thing that you can do, this is a pretty good tip that I kind of left out, but you can use combat a lot to flesh out your character. For example, Watt, who's in our newest campaign, my character, that Nick said was cool, even though he hasn't had too much of uh, too much exposure to him. One of the things that builds 
built Watt as a character is within our first few encounters, I played Watt as a, I'm number one before anything else. Like my character safety is paramount. So Watt would dive behind cover. He would poke out his gun and shoot and then hide back. If someone was down, that's kind of their fault. I'm going to try to work my way out, slay my way out of a situation. But if push comes to shove, I'm saving myself for sure before I'm taking a coin flip with someone else and saving them and myself. And also this can go with like narrating moves. Watt has a few magical abilities so he can cast a green flame blade. And whenever I ignite my sword and slash down an enemy, that can make an impression to other players and also the dungeon master about what your character is, whether you want him to be a badass, whether you kind of want him to stumble into moves like, oh, I, I close my eyes and shoot blindly versus I tumble to the side, aim straight, straight down my sights, lock in on its heart and pull the trigger and a crack, crackling bullet flies and pierces its chest and it howls into the moonlight. These different types of narration can really make your character splash and contrast with other characters in the group. Agreed. I do know while I was a little a little pissed, fight you were just describing, as I was the cleric trying to keep everybody alive, it is definitely interesting. All right, so do you guys also have a play style or archetype that you guys lean toward whenever you're fleshing out characters? I know me specifically, I grew up really enjoying like Arthurian tales, Knights of the Round Table. Just last week, I talked about how Tannis, who's this really stoic character, was one of my favorite of all time from the Dragonlance Chronicles. And I find myself playing a lot of duty-bound stoic characters who are uh, biz- all business about their stuff. I also tend, whenever they have uh, like religious characters, to take like an oath of poverty. I think that's a little interesting and also it can help flesh them out as a little quirk. But I wanted to ask you guys what alignments or tropes or archetypes do you lean toward whenever you typically play Dungeons and Dragons? I definitely enjoy taking the down on his luck underdog for just about everything. I play it out in different ways. I honestly don't even realize I do it sometimes. It's just I come up with the character concept when I finally have it completely done. I realize that like I kind of went back to the same thing, but it's done in a different way with a different class and different backstory and everything like that. But I just find it interesting going from a zero to hero sort of thing, whether it's that they're a hermit out in the woods to protector of their forest street urchin doesn't really mean much to anybody working in like fight clubs around the city to saving mankind that kind of stuff it's just it's very interesting to me and it's kind of relatable to real life in the sense that you know sometimes you feel small and not important but those kind of stories like rocky one of my favorite movies it's not a it's not a very well done movie production value on it isn't very great but the story i know it's cheesy but it is it gets me feeling good. So those kind of movies and books and everything are my favorite. So I like to gravitate towards those kind of characters. I don't often see this type of character in like media stuff. But when I do, you know, I'm like, damn, that guy's cool. For me, in what I gravitate as a player for, it was usually chaotic. Let's do whatever the fuck I want and stick to like that character's values 
and fuck everything else. I still love the, you know, the chaos that a character can bring into a game. So I think I'll always have that bit of spice that is just actually me in a character. I love the person that sees the bigger picture or, you know, does things for the greater good, albeit against or for lawful reasons. That's like my motivation in like usually choosing to protect other people rather than, you know, blowing up the closest enemy with as much damage as possible. Do you guys have any easy tips and tricks to make characters interesting? I know, like I I had said earlier, that a lot of my religious characters, so whether it be a monk, a paladin, cleric, a lot of them I'll make have oaths to poverty because I think it's something that is really small that can make a big difference. First of all, whenever we get our paycheck, other players love me because they love taking my cut. But on a bigger picture, it's more of like a, what does my character want to do this job for? Is it because they want to be a part of an adventuring party? Is it because they see like the greater good that can be done because of it? Is it because they need to do it in order to become like a bishop or a, a master? in their organization's rankings and so an oath of poverty is something that's very small like ah nah money's just not my thing that can add a a lot of depth very quickly to a character and I was wondering if you guys have any tips or tricks or little small things that you've done in the past with some of your characters that have done that for you. Steal from other sources. There's like a huge part of creativity in this game if you want like you know, that oath of poverty, or is one of my characters vision, how, like, specifically how he sees visions of the future is through magical herbs, and so this character is... You can say drugs or psychedelics, yeah. (laughs) This character is a slower talker because of that, and a very mellow, mellowed up personality, and honestly, I saw something similar in another uh, TV show, and I took part of that, and then, you know, I saw something else that I thought would be cool, and I could put it in that character as well. I took part of that, and, you know, other little tidbits of ideas came together and built into what is probably my favorite character. I still haven't been able to use him a lot, sadly. There's a story behind uh, a specific character that, ooh, pisses me off. But no, like, if you want to be, like, Harry Potter mixed with Naruto, mixed with, like, I don't know, a Ninja Turtle, be my guest. If you can make it work, go ahead. It's, It's hard to think of, like, something so unique and original that if you sit if you think it's cool don't be afraid don't be afraid from using it so what do you what do you pull on from these tropes that you borrow from like what do you do you just take like one thing and like that's it do you take a few of these things what are they what are these things that you look for whenever you borrow usually the first part is uh i guess the personality of the character yeah i would look at that first but sometimes you know it's just the simplest idea I, I watch like a ton of fantasy and anime shit so if they're just using like one spell or they just do this like one cool move wow 
and then the the ideas begin to start and like you know oh this that could be like a a ranger that uses two axes and has a panther companion little things just come from other sources of media to me it's like a little thing that inspires me i guess it's just the way i think in how i want to like maybe play this character out it's very difficult to have an original idea everything's already been done i'm convinced of it so i definitely agree with you there nick for my i guess tips what i personally do is based on my backstory Kind of like what I was saying a little bit earlier. At the end of character creation, I have my framework. I go back and I figure out motivations, all that. The way I do that is I basically just make my actual motivations and personality based off what I want the character to be and what I want to grow into. And I just make a bullet point list of like three or four tangible role-playing things or playing it out in combat whatever it may be that I can achieve and show off, whether it's a progression, easing into something, or it's just how I play the character. And that's kind of how I go about it. We've all talked about our characters from our current campaign. So mine uh, that I was talking about earlier, is Kyrock, he's a Loxodon cleric. He's a grave domain, so he's a grave tenor and, and all that sort of stuff. Whereas Watt is a grave robber. Basically, it's an interesting dynamic. I'll say that it's only coming. We've only played three times, so it's only just sort of come up. But one of my bullet points was the way he he talks to other people. He has a very slow, deliberate kind of deep voice, as well as his his verbiage, like the the word choice he uses is very undertakery. You you would not talk to somebody like this on the street. He's he's very away from society, hangs out with dead people a lot. That's the only way I can really describe it. As well as he every morning gets up, does this ritual putting on a face paint that kind of resembles sort of a crying skull he's a across goth his elephant. face. That, that's what you need to know. A goth elephant. <laughs> Kinda. But what, but what Nick was saying, taking from media sources, right before I created this character, I watched The Crow with my dad, with Brandon Lee. He plays this revitalized guy who goes up and beats everybody up. Anyways, the makeup from that movie is so cool. So cool. So I already had this character planned out. I think I watched it the night before we were going to go play, and I was like, calling an audible, putting this in. And that's a really big part of his daily routine. I think you guys have only seen it like once or twice where you wake up and I'm just not there. And then you go out and there's this small graveyard outside of the church that we're staying at. And I'm sitting there with incense, basically putting on my face paint, kneeling down in the graveyard. And I don't know. You just make make your... I know everybody wants to make this huge backstory for their character, and sometimes you get kind of lost in that. So that's why I make these bullet points of things that I can actually like portray, I can show off, make a condensed list. And eventually, maybe you can add to it, especially as the game goes on, you could add onto your bullet points because this thing happened in my campaign. My character has kind of changed in this way. So I'll add this onto my bullet points of things I'll keep in mind. And I just keep this kind of either on the side or the back of my character sheet so i can keep myself honest to it those are some really good points 
So yeah, oath of poverty, like daily rituals are a pretty good idea. Borrowing things from notable characters, or at least characters that you enjoy and taking bits and pieces of what they have to offer in role-playing and displaying it for your party to really flesh out your own character. Tool uses and downtime activities are something I'm really fond of. If your character wants to someday own own pub and name it the Ivory Paladin, but in order to practice that, they make their own brews during downtime or your wizard studies their spellbook. So whenever they're ready to level up, they have all their spells ready to go or even make a new spell using some type of arcane spellcraft. Those are all, all really good ways to make your character stand out and give them a little bit more depth. One last thing about building characters that I've seen before in people, they don't keep in mind that they're starting at a certain level. Like, how have you defeated six ancient gods and still are only level one? That's like, there's a gap in logic there, so... God with small g. (laughs) Small g god. Mm Self-proclamated gods. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely read those as like, my character went over land and sea to track down the murderer. On his way, he slew dragons and fell demons. So that can be, yeah, keep in mind scope. um, Because ideally, the stuff that you do in your campaign is cooler than what you write in your backstory. And also, the backstory is not to gloat on what your character is or has been, at least like you're fantasy of your character it's to give the dungeon master something to work with to make your character become the thing that you want it to be it's all about the progression so if you say like a dragon decimated his city or his hometown he was the last survivor and now he is honing his skills as a warrior to eventually defeat that ancient dragon that gives a DM a lot to work with as opposed to he slayed the dragon that fell his village. So it's even though it's a little bit slower of a burn and it's a lot harder to get to, the payoff will be much more rewarding because it feels like it's earned as opposed to you just zapping it into existence in your backstory. And then no one gets to, I guess, experience that. Whereas your character can work for it and build and have it be this progression and this constant vigilance towards this one goal. All right, so we've all been dungeon masters. We usually have DM'd mostly, I guess, with each other or the people in our normal playgroup. But also, I would stand to reason that we're not all the same players as when we started. I would say I'm a very different player than when I started four years ago, five years ago, playing seriously at least. So. As DMs, what can you give or tell players to help them flesh out characters? Let them tell you their backstory. And if it's set in stone in their mind, but you see like little hints and details that you could implement, you know, players fucking love it when their backstory comes in. They're like, not necessarily the star of the show, but you give them a time to shine and it looks so good when their eyes light up, when those moments happen and then they feel a part of it. So my tip would just be work and collaborate together. Not an incredible amount. Take some time to realize that and, you know, have practice for that stuff. But have an open mind and what the DM wants and, you know, talk to them about it. And it, like if you're getting serious in 
this game. Yeah, talk to them about it and show up and be actively looking to progress your story. Yeah. Your job as a DM is to create this world for them to interact with. So the players are always interacting with their or with your world, but you should give them things that also interact with their characters. So like Nick was just saying, character backstory, tie-ins, whether that be for their father went missing when they were young and now he's the boss of some dungeon because he left to join a cult or something like that. Having things that out of the blue, or maybe even they're telegraphed, I don't know. Having things that relate to the characters so they feel immersed and included in the world, not just bystanders in the world, really makes the experience that more fun. Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest thing to take away is that communication is key, and it happens on both sides of the screen. I know whenever players come to me proactively and say, hey, by the way, my character is going to talk to this wizard that we found and he's going to ask about what happened to their mom, who is this venerated abjurationist or abjurer who disappeared and if they know anything about them. Something like that makes me so excited as a dungeon master to have someone proactively just ask like, hey, can my character do this or my character wants to create this spell or whatever. It's extremely exciting And as a player, a lot of times, if you say, hey, I want this to happen, if you talk to your dungeon master, those things will become a reality. Because one, they're super cool. You want to do it. And also, as a dungeon master, we we get excited when people outreach to us. And also, because of that, we want to say yes to a lot of your ideas that you have for your character and what uh, might make them different and what goes toward their personal goals. So communicating is a huge part of it, and it can happen on either side of the screen. It honestly is probably better from a player's perspective because the dungeon master is busy planning sessions and is focused on this, that, and the other, to where if you want something to happen with your character, then you need to be the one who steps up and shapes their personal story, at least for the ideas and be proactive in that situation. One of the things that I've worked on in the game that I'm DMing right now is working with my character's smaller goals. So right now they're mapping a mega dungeon and one of them is part of a cartographer's guild. And every time we get in, he like asks for the dimensions of the room. Are there any weird things? What's the name of it? And so that's really fun. And he goes out of his way to help flesh out his character like that. So every time we approach like a new scene or a new area, he's on the ball with that and it gives him something to do. On the flip side of that, one of uh, another player has a warlock patron who's uh, packed to the genie who really likes just stuff like any semi magical weird stuff or like collectible he's all game for and really enjoys. So I make sure to try to accommodate that with small little trinkets or very mundane magic items, like a coin that will always land on heads or, or like a cape of coziness that will just keep them warm so that they can't suffer from the cold condition from the dungeon master's guide or whatever. These are things that I look for and also that my players look for to help flesh out their characters and make them more tangible and more unique. 
I would say if you know what like really hinders a character is when they are not willing to step up. Oh yeah, this is another thing. The unwilling adventurer. There's pretty much no such thing as an unwilling adventurer. If you can't get motivated, like there there can be a I guess moment where your character is like, ah, should I continue on? But there needs to be affirmation from the character as well in their motivation to give them reason to keep adventuring because no one's just going to like no reasonable people throw themselves at dangerous monsters even a bugbear will just absolutely crush a or like an owlbear will crush a normal person so what keeps your person going and taking risks there's no such thing as an unwilling or unmotivated adventurer That's going to be it for this episode of After Session. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to be notified about the next episode and leave a rating on this one. Share your suggestions with me on Twitter at BrianMcCatton1 and we'll talk after next session rolls around. See ya.